Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. As a reminder, you can watch this show on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. Get all of the visuals that go along with the podcast. But we also provide this podcast version for you if you want to listen on the go. As a reminder, you can find all of our posts, podcasts, and videos about Las Vegas at mtmvegas.com. And once again, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories for all of our Vegas videos, including this MTM Vegas news show. This week, we're going to talk about Resorts World having managers clean their rooms, a rally with the Culinary Union on the Strip, drone racing, a crazy $15 million house, why the Vegas to LA train may finally become a reality, and how Station Casinos is expanding a casino in Henderson while they leave another one shuttered. So much to discuss this week. Let's hit it. So Mark, did you see the beautiful big Mike Tyson statue that they just unveiled at Resorts World? Iron Mike uh, being represented here in Sin City. They messed up though. Uh, I didn't see the tattoo on the statue. What, what's up with that? I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it's interesting to see how Resorts World is, you know, kind of paying, you know, respect to the past. You have weird things like Tyson, Liberace, uh, Elvis, uh, the Stardust sign. So they have some interesting pieces of history, but I don't know. Uh, picking Mike Tyson, that was definitely a bold move, I think. Yeah, it's weird. It'd be one thing, you know, we were talking before the show is like, have they ever had talks of having fights or anything and they don't really have a space set up for it? So it would make sense if they were trying to get into that and, you know, the history of Vegas and, and boxing and everything is big, but to just kind of randomly throw it there, it just, yeah, it's very, very bizarre. All right. Give us your best Mike Tyson impression. Everybody's waiting for it. <laughs> I don't want people to like their ears to bleed. Let's talk a little bit more about Resorts World, because not only did they get their Mike Tyson statue, all of the managers, apparently, and everybody else who works there had to help out with housekeeping this week. Uh, another sign of uh, staff shortages here in Vegas. All hands on deck. They should melt down the statue and then pay people more, I guess, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know, we've seen similar things around here, even like, you know, Michigan State, the the college, they had to have professors and everything go into the food service line and help serve lunch one of the days and stuff because they're struggling to find people to work. And usually that's staffed by kids at the school. So I don't, it's just a bizarre landscape. I don't even understand it at this point for people working and stuff. And, you know, the issues with maids everywhere around Vegas. And we've talked about dirty rooms in the past and just trouble with housekeeping. So it's kind of crazy to, to, to get to this level, you know, still, months and months into the out of the pandemic somewhat you know with how busy vegas has been and how much money they're raking in and and they just can't find the help well we'll talk about the hiring stuff later but yeah it's crazy uh, vice presidents all the way down had to do it and apparently according to las vegas locally they found some interesting edc related goodies quote unquote goodies so i guess if you're going to clean rooms and you're a manager maybe the most interesting time to do it would be right after edc <laughs> That reminds me of, uh, you know, I, I wrote about uh, a trip when I went to Hawaii for Arby's and I always do a bed bug inspection, which one of our early videos is uh, me showing you how I walk around the room and check for bed bugs whenever I stay at a hotel. And, you know, I lifted up the mat. I always lift up the mattress to check the bed springs and everything and, and to see. And I lifted up and one time I found a box of unopened condoms, which I don't know. And it was like in the middle underneath the bed. So I don't know who's like, oh, let me stash these here for later. To where I have to lift up the mattress to get to them. I don't know if it's there for like when workers clean the beds and they want to take a little break. Uh, 
pillar. And another time I lifted up and I found like a huge like thousand pill thing of Advil. So <laughs> you never know what you're going to find in rooms. No, and I think uh, the manager is getting to do this probably gives them a little perspective on just how hard the job is because uh, cleaning rooms isn't fun. Cleaning rooms in Vegas isn't fun either. So oh, nice. uh, thanks to all the housekeepers who do that. There is a quick update on the Resource World status match or offer match where they were going to offer, you know, match comp offers from other casinos. And uh, one of our viewers wrote in to us and said that Resource World denied his match because he didn't have an offer code. And then I started looking at my M Life offers and I don't get an offer code. Like I get emails that say you have four nights free or three nights free, but they don't give me an offer code. So uh, just, uh, you know, mixed if you're going to be, if you're planning on doing that, I think it expires October 31st. We don't know if they're going to extend it, uh, but uh, Resource World not uh, being as nice as perhaps it seemed with these, with these offers on comps. I know whenever I get an offer from Caesars, there's usually an offer code attached that you have to plug in before you do your search and everything. So I want, it's weird that they would require it if you have a screenshot of it or whatever, you know, I guess you could technically be, you know, snipping it from somewhere else, but I don't know what an offer code is going to do them. Are they going to call to verify it? It's a bizarre loophole for them to get out of stuff, I think. Yeah. And just a reminder, uh, our, our viewer wasn't very happy about it, but they do charge resort fees a lot of times on these match offers, uh, you know, similar to, to the casinos. So, you know, it's probably worth a try, but in his case, he sent over copies of everything and they denied it. And I was getting ready to do maybe a similar thing because I have some MGM comp offers. I wouldn't mind getting matched, but uh, I'll see if I give it a shot, but didn't want to update people on that. Now we talked about the hiring, you know, the, the shortage of maids, uh, the culinary union is sort of world famous here. And they do represent housekeeping. They represent like food service, uh, those types of jobs. They are about to rally on the 28th of October. They're going to go down the strip because 21,000 of their 60,000 members here in Vegas are not back to work yet. So one third. So we're talking about record crowds at these casinos and EDC. And, you know, every weekend has seemingly been very busy. But it's just a good reminder that the casinos have only brought back 39,000 of their 60,000 culinary union workers not to mention all of the other sort of industries that people, you know, their employees that are not represented by that union. Um, this is this a sign of them just being careful or permanent cost cutting by these big corporations? Yeah, I find that really strange because, you know, we've talked at length about having issues getting, you know, into restaurants, having to have reservations for everywhere, every place closing early because they say they can't find people that are to work and stuff. So it's like, where's the disconnect here? They're saying they can't find help. The workers are saying they can't find jobs. You know, we see openings everywhere. So what's going on? I don't know what the the true story is, but all it is is causing pain for people that are coming to visit and want to spend money. You know, we want to be able to get into restaurants easily. We want to be able to dine without issues, without having to make reservations weeks in advance and all that type of stuff. So I don't know who's at fault, probably both sides, but they definitely need to figure it out because it's it's annoying and it's one of the reasons that Vegas really doesn't feel like it's back because it's such a struggle to get stuff done when you're there. Yeah, clearly the the pandemic forced these corporations to look at their efficiencies, and so I don't think we'll ever see staffing levels what they were before. And we've seen hotel companies sort of flirt with the idea of getting rid of daily housekeeping through the pandemic. Uh, of course, there's a lot of properties still don't have it back, but are we going to get it back at the end? Are they going to try to cut there as well. But uh, the culinary workers are among the most expensive for these casinos because they have really good benefits, really good health care. 
you know, they've negotiated very good stuff for themselves over the years. And I think the, the big corporations are just going to bring them back much slowly. And I think that they're using this as an opportunity also to, you know, cut the fat, if it will, like the people that they were having a hard time, or maybe people who weren't performing to their level through the union bureaucracy, they're, you know, it's difficult for them to get rid of them. And now they don't have to bring those people back. So that's anecdotally what I'm hearing. But uh, we've talked about so much the, the cutbacks in corporate life here in Vegas. This is just another one of them, I think, and uh, unfortunate. But yeah, just over one third of the 35% of the culinary worker uh, union workers are not back to work here in Las Vegas, despite record gaming let revenues, despite record crowds on the weekends, stuff like that. So something to keep an eye out on. You probably see in the news, they're going to be marching down the strip. And the one thing about the culinary union mark is that they're never quiet. When they're not happy, they uh, they go out, they demonstrate, they get their point across, and they've been fairly successful over the years. So we'll see we'll see how that uh, you, how that progresses. Do you think they're going to strip down like uh, the flight attendants in Italy did? You know, <laughs> take off all their clothes and then protest? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't they just sort of fit in with the rest of the crazy people on the strip if they yeah. did that? So <laughs> if it was EDC weekend, they'd be like, oh, nothing to see here. So being yeah. clothed like makes them stand out. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Now, speaking of crazy, the housing prices in Las Vegas continue to be crazy like like elsewhere. And uh, in 2020, um, there's 11,275 new home permits. That was up like 33%. Um, home prices this year are up 14% over last year, which went up uh, crazy amounts. Uh, demand is still really high despite the fact that we're going into a slower season. But that brings me into the story. Gene Simmons bought a house recently in Ascaya, which is that same neighborhood where Mark Davis is building that giant Raiders monstrosity of a house. Uh, basically, uh, probably the second most exclusive neighborhood in Las Vegas. Uh, but he's building, he bought this house in May, it looks like. We looked up the property records for $8.2 million, $8 million. And it's on the market for $15 million. That's, I mean, if he can pull that off, that's a pretty a pretty good payday. He says his family doesn't like the 115 degree heat in the summer. So he's already given up on Vegas. No, duh. Like, did you not, <laughs> did you not look at the weather before you moved? I don't, <laughs> what'd you expect? I don't know, but that is a crazy markup. I'm sure they're trying to do the, Hey, a celebrity lived here. So, you know, now you can tell your friends that Gene Simmons had four threesomes in this bed before you moved in or what? I don't know. What, what the story is, but that's a huge markup. Like I could see 10 million just because the market's gone up so much, you know, over the last six months, 12 months, whatever. But to basically double the price, that's just insane. And, you know, it will sit there forever. He probably doesn't care if it sits there for a while and he'll just wait and see what he gets. But, uh, you know, maybe some of that is to get people just from being a looky-loo coming in, like only serious buyers, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, that area is... a growing and th that's very exclusive neighborhood. So uh, I could see that it doesn't seem like it's in line with some of the other sales kind of high. But to your point, anybody can put a price on anything. We've seen Steve Wynn try to sell his properties for many years now at really high prices. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to get 15 million. It is like over 10,000 square feet uh, has amazing strip views. I did get some Google Earth footage. So I'm, I'll throw that in here as well. So people can kind of see it. One interesting thing about this property is apparently it has a basement built into the mountain. So uh, it's partially built in the mountain. Kind of cool. Bunker. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So there for $15 million, you can have that. Uh, all the articles said that they he bought it a year ago, but we looked up. He bought it in May. So 
Uh, yeah, seven yeah, million well, dollars for for six months. That's not bad if he can get. It, it. gives me kind of like the uh, Hollywood vibes, like you see in movies with people on their back back area by their pool overlooking, you know, the city view, and and that's kind of the thing. Like even the design looks very LA esque, and then you're looking out at night and you have the full strip view all lit up. It's really cool, you know, property views, property li- like sight lines and everything. Uh, looks like an amazing property. I don't fifteen million, not that amazing, but it does look pretty cool. Sometimes at that price point, it's just about finding the right buyer, right? There's only so many people who have that type of money and finding the right house for the right person. So if somebody falls in love with it, I could totally see it happening. And it's a great, great location. Speaking of out in Henderson, we, we've talked. I have the abandoned closed casinos of Vegas uh, video on the channel. One of the casinos in there is Fiesta Henderson, been closed since last March, since COVID started. Station Casinos owns it, and we talked about how they're building Durango, a brand new casino in the southwest part of the valley. Now they're taking one of their smaller wildfire neighborhood casinos, closing it, expanding it. This is only like a mile or two down the road from Fiesta Henderson. Kind of tells me that they've moved on from that property. They're going to expand one of their local offerings. Uh, they've, you know, they're opening new casinos elsewhere. So probably not good for Fiesta Henderson, but. Wildfire on Lake Mead is going to get over 200 new slot machines, a new sports book, and it's going to, you know, increase in size. So more investment happening in Vegas, but bad news if you like Fiesta Henderson, because it doesn't seem like they want to bring that place back. Have you been to that location uh, by Lake Mead? That sounds interesting, uh, you know, to be out that area. Is it right near Mead that if you're out there hanging out, you can go hit the lake or not really? No, it's not. It's on the the street is Lake Mead, but it does lead out there. It's probably oh, okay. So it's probably not, only ten minutes though from the entrance. Yeah, not well, on the lake. <laughs> yeah, Lake Mead, uh, Lake Mead uh, Drive. Uh, so it's it's probably ten minutes though from the entrance to the lake. There's a lot of building going on there. A brand new master plan called Cadence that's right there, and then also Lake Las Vegas is only a couple minutes away from there. So that area has really boomed a lot. So it makes sense uh, that they would want to do this. Fiesta Henderson's closer to the freeway. This is about two miles down the road from there towards lake, towards the lake in those areas. So it's more in the neighborhoods. And um, again, they own Sunset Sunset Station about a mile from where Fiesta is. So that's another big property that they have. I've always found it interesting, you know, as you're flying into Vegas and you see all these like huge lakes in the middle of nothing and there's not a lot built up around it. And, you know, anywhere else you go, wherever there's water, that's where people build and things sprout up. So I've always been kind of curious that, those areas, I know they're a little bit more difficult to get to and everything, but you would think there would be areas built up around there. So it's kind of interesting to see uh, that you say that it's starting to work its way out that way. And, you know, who knows what it will be in the next couple decades and what it will look like. Well, the lake itself is like basically National Park Service land. So uh, that's why there's not a lot of development in that area. And it was also built in a huge valley. Remember, you know, they needed a place to hold all the water. So it's just a natural valley with a lot of mountains around it. Um, but as far as building out to the to the limit, Lake Las Vegas has been there for a while, but it sort of was like on the fringe. And then now, like the city is filling itself out towards that area. And we see it happening in the south towards Boulder City. We see it happening in the northwest as it's sort of growing out towards Mount Charleston. Um, yeah, just just well beyond what the borders of the city or the, the metropolitan area used to be. And so there will be opportunities for these new casinos and things like that. But oh, we're going to see kind of shifting of... Um, of strategy. I don't know. It's interesting to see what they're doing there. Another sign of the boom times, Mark, is that train that we've always talked about, Brightline. Uh, we've criticized it because it was only going to go to Victorville, basically, 
on this side of the Cajon Pass. And the Cajon Pass sits between the Southern California, LA area and, you know, the Mojave Desert. And it's a big mountains and it's a huge pass and it's going to be very expensive to build through. But Brightline finally got the memorandums of understanding and they will be able to use the I-15 corridor to build all the way through to Rancho Cucamonga, then connect to Southern California. So maybe this will actually happen. Maybe it'll actually work. Uh, it's certainly an exciting development. Yeah, it'd be huge if they could you know, open it up because so many people come from Southern California to visit Vegas. And this would be just, uh, you know, it would take cars off the road, a lot of traffic, as well as emissions and, and all that stuff. And give people time, you know, I would rather sit on a train than drive my own car because I could get work done or or relax, take a nap, watch a movie, whatever. So I think it'd be great if they do get it done. I'm still skeptical, as I always am. I'm a wet blanket, as one uh, commenter said. So, uh, you know, if it happens, I think it'd be great. I mean, this company is, you know, they've been working on that Southern Florida train for a long time. Um, they're almost done with their extension into Orlando International Airport, and it starts all the way to south in Miami. So, you know, they do have a, a history of getting projects done. And just a few months ago, they bought the land on Warm Springs and Las Vegas Boulevard for their station in Vegas. And this is just another sign of progress. So, uh, you know, I'm skeptical that it'll happen. We've been seeing signs of a Vegas to LA train for a very long time. Amtrak, of course, used to run that route very slowly. Um, but uh, this is probably the most not Amtrak. They're slow? No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which was never successful. But I, I saw an article from maybe even 10 or 15 years ago where Amtrak reannounced that they were bringing back the LA to Vegas service. Of course, again, very slow, uh, not like this train will be, but uh, that never happened. So people in Southern Nevada are really skeptical about this, but if it happens, it'll be good for us. And they bought the, pro the property for their station. They've gotten this memorandum of understanding. They've been working on this for many years and they are making progress and we got to give them credit for that. Um, so we'll see how it all uh, shakes out in the end. Have you uh, been, you haven't been in the slots of fun lately, have you? No, to, to, nope. to switch topics. Well, <laughs> what's crazy is like MGM sold Circus Circus and Slots of Fun late 2019. So just think kind of before the pandemic, Phil Ruffin, who owns Treasure Island, bought it. And, you know, he said he had big plans for it, but we never kind of found out what those were. The pandemic comes and the, the rest is history. Of course, Resorts World is now opened up next door and they have been spending nine million dollars uh, redoing part of their buffet. They cut it down in size and they're putting a food court in there. The buffet is reopened. But now we learn that they're going to spend 275000 to put in a new 330-square-foot daiquiri bar in Slots of Fun. Slots of Fun hasn't seen any love in decades. And then also the Adventure Dome is going to get a uh, $1.5 million food court to replace the very sad snack bar that exists there today. So I, I think these are good improvements, uh, very small improvements, but uh, some money being spent on Circus Circus, at least. They need to, uh, you know, put some money into fixing all the machines. <laughs> because last time I went there, like half the games didn't work and stuff. So, I mean, it's cool to see. I wouldn't have expected it. I know, you know, with Resorts World there, but I always thought Circus Circus is like definitely lined up for a knockdown and rebuild or something, you know, something drastic. I wouldn't have thought that they would reinvest in this way. So it's, it's interesting to see for sure. Yeah, Ruffin is more of a, you know, an improvement guy. He's not been a tear down and rebuild type of guy throughout his his career. He's one of those billionaires who, you know, often buys distressed properties, things like that. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the future is. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Throwing in a food court here and there isn't going to bring Circus Circus to where it needs to be. 
I think Slots Elephant of ears of, can save them. <laughs> <laughs> I think Slots of Fun has a lot of potential. The one thing about Slots of Fun, if you're ever in there, is the carpet is just amazing. Perfect casino carpet. Uh, pure old Vegas style carpet. And I really, I like that. Uh, the place is always dead every time I kind of walk through there. Uh, although I imagine at nighttime, it's probably picked up a lot more now that uh, Resorts World's open because it's uh, fairly close don't to they, there. So. Don't they still have some coin machines too, if I remember right? Uh, I don't think at uh, Slots of Fun they do, but certainly at, at Circus Circus, right when you walk okay. in that little corridor, right when you walk in the yeah. door from where Slots of Fun is, all the coin machines are there, and they have they put quarter machines in there now, I think, and they have the dollar machines. Uh, really good uh, old school slots. Definitely recommend that if you're if you're into the coin stuff, uh, for sure. Yeah, I put money in and just hit cash out so I could hear it clank. <laughs> <laughs> just a ding 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 ding. Yeah, get one of those buckets. Get your hands full of black, you know, yes. dirt from the yep. from the coins. The good old days. That's the that's the casino experience that the kids will never get with their you know ticket in ticket ticket out Tito lifestyle that they live these days. Yep, it's uh, it, you know that's how it was set up when I first started gambling and and I do miss it. I, I don't play slots much, but it was always fun to have a bucket full of quarters. I mean, it might end up being like 150 bucks, but it just felt cool to have that watch them dump it into the counter and everything. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely uh, the good old days. Speaking of the good old days, tiki bars. Are, uh, are amazing. We talk about them all the time. We've talked about Golden Tiki, I know, on the show before. It's in Chinatown on Spring Mountain in Valley View, so very close to the Strip, maybe, you know, three minutes from, from like, Wynn or Treasure Island, uh, that sort of stuff. And your friend went there. I didn't go there. You haven't gone there yet, but what's the what's the quick report on the Golden Tiki uh, from, from your friend Ryan? Yeah, and he, he, I mean, he loves a good bar atmosphere, and he loves like a divey type of bar. So he just sent me pictures and said, "This place is amazing," and I was jealous because I wanted to go there. And uh, you know, there's a couple other tiki bars in the area that I've been wanting to hit. So I was, I, I was jealous. So now I have to go. He's, uh, he's up the game, so I got to check it out. But he said it's fun, uh, cool drinks, cool atmosphere. So if you're in that area, and I, I wanted to go to Chinatown for a while, so uh, definitely check it out. Um, it's on my list next time. I'm gonna make Sean drive me. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to it. I want to go. And Frank's Tiki Room is only, you know, I don't know, yeah, a couple minutes right there. from there, too. Right down the street on Charleston uh, in Valley View. So a lot of good tiki options here. And I'm glad to get that report of, uh, from there. And uh, there's so much good food right where that is located, right in the heart of Chinatown. And so many amazing um, Asian restaurants, not just Chinese restaurants, but other types of Asian restaurants as well. So, like, what I recommend is, you know, you can... Uh, you can get recommendations from other content creators about where to eat in there, or you can just go to Yelp, you know, search that area. But there's so many great places, whether it's pho or, you know, amazing Chinese barbecue or, uh, you know, dumplings or whatever. Like there's a lot of good stuff in that area and it continues to get better. So highly recommend it. And it's and, what uh, it's what the Hawker Center is supposed to be like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, you, you keep giving the Hawker Center crap, but it, the food at the Hawker Center is is good. It's just yeah, but it's probably half as much in Chinatown. There you go. Save some probably. Money. Yeah. No, for sure. Lots of lots of good food there. Uh, highly recommended there. All right. So we talked about Formula One racing last week and how it's hopefully coming to the strip. And then the interesting history about how we used to have a Formula One race in Vegas in the parking lot of Caesars Palace slash where the Mirage is right now. But... CES is coming back in January, which is exciting. And along with it, they're bringing the Drone Racing League Championships, which admittedly I hadn't heard about. I think I had heard like about the Drone Racing League somewhere. I read about it, but uh, I pulled up a video before we did this and I'll show some footage. You looked at it. 
It's sort of like an obstacle course for drones. Very futuristic. I don't know. It looks like a cool event. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it turns out here in Vegas. I'm assuming it'll be indoors, but the drone racing championship coming to Las Vegas. More sports. Yeah. Sports. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's like esports. Um tried tried to trigger you there. <laughs> yeah, I had never heard of it and it, it does look kind of cool. I don't know if what kind of seating they have in there, if you can witness it live or if it's even anything. Like it's kind of like the people that watch uh the World Series of Poker Live. I'm like, is this really something to sit and watch? But it does look cool. Definitely the first thing I thought was uh the Ocho. Uh, it definitely would fit on the Ocho, you know, throwback to dodgeball. Uh, and hey, uh, Cotton would be great calling the game. It it definitely looks interesting. I mean, the the speed they go through and the obstacles and everything, it looked pretty cool. I uh, I would watch it if I was in Vegas and could get a ticket or whatever. I think it'd be kind of fun. Watching the videos just made me feel bad about myself and how terrible my drone piloting skills are, considering that I almost always crash my drones just in trees and stuff, and they're just going through these uh, through these obstacle courses. It is cool, these POV drones, which are kind of a new category of drone where you put on the goggles and you're seeing the point of view of the drone as you're racing it. Um, I think that's a really cool experience, one that I, I wanna try at some point because uh, I feel like that would be a whole different experience than you know, you're sort of looking at your phone and seeing what the camera sees, but uh, you're not living it. So it, it seems like that they do this and and it's just another reminder of how inferior I am at something in this case, drone piloting. So woe is me. Yep. I'm right there. I can't even get mine to fly. So I just had a cheap one for the kids. And it, it, like, it gets so far away that it, you can't even control it. And it just kind of keeps going. And you're like, please don't hit a car. Please don't hit a car. That's all you say the whole time. Like, I don't want to mess up somebody else's property with this. But yeah, I suck at drones. So moving on. Yeah. I, I remember being a kid with like those helicopters that you would get. Um, from like Radio Shack or something, and I get always get excited if I would get one, and I would break it within like I don't know five minutes. Yeah, because you couldn't control them; they're just like, yeah. and they start spinning. Yeah. Now, thankfully, or, like more expensive drones are a little bit easier to control, but I still mess it. You know, I'm if I try, if I I try like, to get, I like those huge styrofoam planes where you put put the wings in and they yes. pop off when it crashes. Those are yes. amazing. I used to build those as a kid. Yeah, loved it. The old hobby shop um, that that we would go to. Lots of fun. But drone racing coming to Vegas, CES coming back, lots of tiki bars, expensive real estate, managers doing housekeeping. It's a crazy world we live in these days, isn't it? Yep, and they were eating brownies as they did the, they cleaned the sheets. <laughs> the only way to have a good time doing that job. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Don't forget to leave a comment. We want to discuss any of these topics with you. Smash the thumbs up button. Most importantly, have a wonderful week. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. See you next week, unless you're Carl. Not you, Carl. <laughs> Not you, Carl. <laughs>